there and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. And uh, our Christmas series this year is called Advent. Say Advent. Advent. Advent is a season. And uh, particularly those of us that maybe have experience in other, um, in other denominations of church, other streams of the church, Advent is, can be quite a strong theme or almost a liturgy, which is like a process of, uh, or a journey of going through particular scriptures or texts in the Bible to help you uh, really gra- grab hold of the season that we're in. So if you were in the Church of England right now, uh, you, you might be going through a particular group of passages of the Bible that will help you experience what Advent means. Does that make sense? Uh, uh, we haven't often done that kind of thing, but we're doing it this year. This year, we're going to follow a little bit of Advent. We're going to pick up on some famous passages of the Bible that speak about Advent. Advent comes from the Latin. I'm, I know, I know, I'm doing a bit of Latin with you this morning. Look more impressed than you are. Come on. <laughs> Latin. Thank you, Ed. Latin. Advent in Latin means, hold on, I have to look at my notes. Oh, yeah. It means, <laughs> Latin means coming, coming, okay? It's got a, an anticipatory feel to the word, Advent. This is a season where we reflect on the coming of the Messiah, the coming of Jesus. And uh, over the next three weeks, we're going to look at he who came, he who is here and he who is to come. And if you were walking through Advent, those are the three things that you would reflect on. We actually sung it this morning in that song, didn't we? Um, Which I noticed, which was really cool. So that's what we're going to look at. Advent is this idea of coming. It's about living in a state of holy anticipation. Say holy. Holy. It's full of God. Anticipation. I love that thought. Do we ever live in a state of holy anticipation? I want to put it to you this morning that that's the secret to great mental health and spiritual health and emotional health. Anticipation. Holy anticipation. It is possible that this season we're coming into could be the most spiritual Christmas you've had yet. That would be good, wouldn't it? Imagine if you came into January. Instead of being on a, oh, you went into January on a spiritual high. It's possible. This season could be more than just a material season. It could be a spiritual season also. Lots of people dabble with Christ at Christmas. They dabble. Lots of Christians even dabble with Christ, okay? Lots of people dabble with Christ, But what if Christ was more than just something we dabbled with? What if we absorbed ourselves in him? It's like the difference on your phone. Pull out your phone for me a moment. Pull out your phone. Just take a look. If if you don't have a phone, don't worry. Pull out your phone. On my phone, I'm going to show you. On my phone, what can you see on there? Lots of apps. For some people, Christ is an app when he should be the operating system. Does that make sense? Lots of people are dabbling with him. Lots of people have Christ as an app, but he should be running your life. 
He should be running your life. He should be the operating system on which everything hangs. He should be the operating system that governs our decision-making, governs the way we respond to things, governs the way we handle our time, governs the way we handle our money, governs the way we do relationships, governs the way we live and give and serve. He's the operating system, not just one of our apps. And Advent, that's what we're going to learn. At Advent, that's what it's going to take us through. It's going to show us you just can't dabble with Jesus. You just can't dabble with Christ. You can't just have him as an app. He needs to be the operating system of our lives. He needs to be, we need to absorb ourselves in him. This morning, I want to talk to you about anticipation. Say anticipation. Anticipation is looking forward with excitement. Matt, can you do me a favor and stand up and hold that one for me there? Just up on the stage over there, that'll be fine. Anticipation. <laughs> Brilliant. Just in case you didn't know how to spell it, I'm using words today. Anticipation is... <laughs> I want you to give us your best looking forward with excitement look. Thank you, Matt. I knew you'd be good at that job. Anticipation is looking forward into the future expecting something, isn't it? You're anticipating. When I go on holiday every year, I am excited. I am anticipating. I am looking forward to the moment I get to go on holiday. That's anticipation. It's an excitement about looking forward to something that's coming, something that's new. Advent is a kind of anticipation, okay? Lots of people are anticipating lots of things, but that's what it is. Anticipation is a product of faith. If you have faith, you are likely to live in a state of If you don't have faith, you are probably not anticipating very much, okay? But anticipation is connected to faith. If you have faith today, the Bible tells me the Bible tells us that if you have faith, you are always, you can always live in a state of anticipation that something is coming. Or more interestingly, someone is coming. So anticipation is a really important part of a Christian's life. You can live in anticipation. Now, the truth is this. Lots of people that aren't Christians, lots of people that don't have faith are living in anticipation right now about Christmas. They might still be excited for it, anticipating gifts, anticipating food, anticipating uh, family time, etc., etc. This time last year, I was anticipating Christmas for the same reason. I was looking forward this time last year to Christmas because I really needed a new pair of trainers. <laughs> I really did. I was walking on, I don't know what I was walking on, practically my socks. I really was looking forward to Christmas this time last year. I was really excited about it. I thought, I can't wait to get to Christmas. I'll get a new pair of trainers. And sure enough, Christmas came. And I got some money. And then a couple of days later, I went down to town. And I bought myself a new pair of trainers. And I was super happy on about December the 27th last year. I know this sounds sad. Because of a pair of trainers. I was. Let me show you those pair of trainers now. This very same pair of trainers that I was excited about this time last year. There we go. Hmm. They don't look so good now, do they? <laughs> they don't look so, they look a little bit tired, a little bit worn. I now wear these trainers when I'm helping my brother on some of his DIY jobs. <laughs> I, I, I don't wear these trainers in public very often anymore. 
Why? Because a year has passed by. I am now beginning to anticipate, guess what? <laughs> new, tra <laughs> new trainers this year. The, the thing that I've learned is this. The thing that I'm, I'm saying is this. Lots of people are living in anticipation for things that are temporary, for things that aren't going to last. Lots of people are anticipating Christmas season this year at, like I anticipate this pair of trainers. And it will be good temporarily. I enjoyed wearing these in January. I enjoyed wearing them in February. And by March, they were starting to get a little bit tainted. They were temporary. I was excited, but they were temporary. I was getting excited about something that wouldn't ultimately last and would end up <laughs> needing more trainers again. But what if we could live in a state of anticipation about things that are eternal and things that last and things that don't let us down and things that don't fade. That would lead to a state of mental health and emotional health and spiritual health. That's the most healthy I think we can be. And I'll explain a little bit more about that in a moment, but let's just consider for a moment the alternative. I want um, Abdul, come and Hold up this word for me, please. Come and join me up here. Oh, well done. Bring your stick. Wonderful. Okay. Hold on to that one for me. What does that word say, Abdul? Can you read it? I'll read it for you. Apprehension. Wonderful. Well done. Good reading. There we go. Apprehension. The old, I want you to consider for a moment the alternative to anticipation. Apprehension. What does apprehension mean? Apprehension says something bad is coming. It's kind of anticipation, but in the... <laughs> sorry, don't worry. Not to you. Not to you, my friend. <laughs> Appre <laughs> apprehension is kind of like a, a negative. It's anticipation in the negative. Apprehension is anticipation in the negative. Something bad is coming. Or maybe nothing is coming. Okay? It, it, for the atheist, nothing is coming. Okay? And therefore, it leaves us exposed to apprehension. Apprehension uh, is the wife of worry. Apprehension, their child, is despair. If this is your state, if this is your mental, emotional, spiritual state, you live in a sense of apprehension about the future. If you're always worried about what's coming around the corner, if you're worried about what's next, if you are anticipating nothing, if you're anticipating only negative things, you are living in a state of apprehension. And I think that's an unhealthy state of mind. I really do. When I'm in a state of anticipation, honestly, I'm buzzing. Like, just take my analogy earlier on for a moment. It's, imagine, just imagine for a moment, we're in July, and it's like three weeks before I get to go on holiday. I can honestly tell you this. When I'm in that state of mind, anticipation, I can almost smell the sunshine. <laughs> I can smell the sun cream. I can picture the beach. I can, when I'm in a state of anticipation, I promise you, this building could fall down. I wouldn't care. Honestly, honestly, my mental health would not, would not drop an iota if this building fell down when I'm in a state of anticipation. When I'm in a state of anticipation, I can deal with the challenges of life way, way easier than I could if I was living over here. When you're in a state of anticipation, you know what I'm talking about, because when you are anticipating, when you're excited, when you're looking forward, when you have a state 
of anticipation. You just deal with the stresses of life differently. They don't seem to knock you so much, do they? They don't seem to pull you down so much. You're able to almost float above them. And I promise you, and I hope the walls don't fall down, but when I'm in a state of anticipation, of faith, and I'm looking at my future with hope, I can deal with stuff. It's like I develop a thicker skin. It's like I have peace. It's like I'm walking on water. But when there's no anticipation, when there's no hope, when I can't see my future positively, when I can't see it that way, I live here in apprehension. I'm now worried about what might come. I'm now thinking about what might go wrong. I'm now anticipating, in a negative sense, the fact that the walls are going to fall down, and I, I don't want them to, and I am now living afraid, trying to escape that, trying to avoid that. That's not a healthy state of mind. In this state of mind, smallest things can happen and really knock me for six. The smallest things. On that state of mind, the walls can fall down, I'm okay. On this state of mind, a tile can fall off the roof, and I'm like, oh. Do you know, it's different. The way that you and I view our future is really, really a key to good mental, spiritual, emotional health, the way that you see the future. And what Advent teaches us is this. Someone's coming. Someone is coming. You can live here. You do not have to live here. You can live in a state of anticipation and faith in all seasons at all times because of the coming of Jesus. Wherever you are. Now imagine what that would do for us if we really grasped that. If that wasn't just an app on our phone, but it was our operating system. If we didn't just dabble with it every now and then, but it really did absorb our lives. Imagine if anticipation of all that God is and all that he is doing and all that he is going to do and all that he is coming to us in Christ. Imagine if we lived in that state of anticipation. The challenges of life, the challenges of life, Maybe you could walk on water. Jesus on the cross. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, I think this is, and may correct me if I'm wrong, but he was able to endure the cross for the hope set before him. What enabled Jesus to handle the torture, the, the, the spear in the side, the nails in the hand? What enabled him to handle the stress and the pain? Of that day. Anticipation. He knew what was coming. He knew what was coming was good. And he knew if I can hold on, the good's going to arrive. It's coming. The good is coming. I just got to hold on. I know this hurts right now. I just got to hold on because something's coming. Something's coming. He lived in anticipation. I don't think Jesus could have dealt with the cross if he lived here. Thank you, guys. Take a seat. Round of applause. Thank you, guys. Advent is about nurturing a sense of holy anticipation. It's not just that we're anticipating Christmas, although that's good. We're not just anticipating the 
food and the gifts and trainers or whatever you want for Christmas. Those are all good things to anticipate. But Advent's trying to help us get underneath all of this and anticipate something holy. Something of God. Something that will last beyond December and take us into January. Something that will last through every circumstance and situation in our lives. Advent is about having this anticipation, this something's coming to you, to me. Ultimately, someone is coming to you and to me. I want to describe Advent quickly in three ways. Advent is bringing yourself before the Lord and the text, which is the Bible, and elevating it to its rightful place in a season that elevates stuff. I'll say that again, so you just grasp this. Advent is bringing yourself, oh, there it is, bringing yourself before the Lord and the text, the Bible, and elevating them again to their rightful place in a season that elevates stuff, trainers, sprouts, films, okay? Everybody else is elevating those things. And what happens is we elevate those things up and up and up and up, right? And then Christmas ends, and then January, we're right back down to earth, okay? And you get the post-Christmas blues. Yeah, anybody get the post-Christmas blues? Why? Because we've elevated stuff, but that stuff doesn't continue on that level. So that stuff that's providing us temporary happiness and a buzz doesn't carry on into January. All the Christmas lights are taken down. The food goes back to, to normal, to beans on toast. Um, the, the, you know, you, that fa that fa your family stuff just carries on as usual. Listen, things cannot continue at that level of intensity and fun for long. And so what happens is inevitably, if you are elevating all those things, you are going to experience on the other side a drop. You are. But Advent helps us because we're going to get our focus, as, not just on those things, we're going to get our focus on things that are lasting and true about Jesus and about the gospel and about our hope in him. And they are going to help us to just anchor ourselves a little bit better. We're going to elevate him. The second thing I want you to think about Advent is it's remembering the overarching hope and promise in a season of temporary highs. The overarching story here. We're not just thinking about the moment. We're thinking about what God is doing and has done and is going to do. We're, we're trying to connect ourselves through the Bible to these overarching themes. We're reading scriptures that remind us God has been doing this for a long time. He's doing it right now here, and he is doing something in the future for us too. And so what we're doing is we're plugging in again, plugging ourselves into this overarching story that is so easy to forget, isn't it? It's so easy to forget that God has this, this master plan, this meta-narrative, this story going on of which this is really just a quick moment. This Christmas, you could have the best Christmas you've ever had. It will still just be a moment but God is doing something eternal. And Advent connects us to real, lasting 
joy. Because when you get that truth, and when you grasp what God is doing, and when you can live in anticipation of what God is doing, that gives real joy. The joy that's still there in January when the lights have come down. The joy that's still there in January when the trainers are already dirty. Joy. Real joy. In this series, as I've said, we're going to look in the next three weeks at he who came, he who is here, and he who is to come. But I want to set the scene with one passage from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33 this morning. And if you were walking through the liturgy of Advent, this would be one of the first verses that you're going to look at in that journey. It says this, the days are coming. Say, the days are coming. Advent. The days are coming. God is trying to help his people here see the future, anticipate the future. Why is he giving a prophetic word? Because he wants his people to live in a state of anticipation. Why does the Bible give us prophecies about the future? Because God wants us to live in anticipation. Why? Because anticipation is great for our mental health, brilliant for our spiritual health. It keeps us in a state of faith, keeps us from apprehension, helps us to look at the future as God wants us to see it. So he says, the days are coming. And I just want to say to you today, God would say that to you right now, there are days coming. Anticipate. Remember. Have faith. Have hope. The days are coming when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch. Notice the word branch is a capital B. What does that mean in the Bible if it's capitalized? It means it's Jesus. Okay? It means when it's capitalized, it's God. It's Jesus. The branch is a descriptive word. For Jesus. I made to the people of Israel and Judah in those days and at that time I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. This is several hundred years before Jesus arrived. Some of the prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus coming are absolutely astounding. The fact that there is even one is a miracle, but the fact that there are loads of them and they all keep the people anticipating someone's coming. Someone's, not something is coming, someone is coming. This is a human being. Why? Because he's coming from David's line. He's an ancestor of David's. He's coming. A person is coming and he's going to be righteous and he will do what is just and right in the land. And in those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called the Lord, our righteous Savior. What a passage. Jeremiah doesn't even probably grasp quite what he's prophesying as he speaks these words, but he's talking about the one who is coming, a righteous, just Lord, a righteous Savior, I want to tell you that today in the world, there are two kinds of people. There are two camps. There are those who believe no one is coming. And there are those who believe someone is coming. It's true. Some people live. I don't know how they do it. No, no one's coming. Just the end. 
nothing's coming. How do you live there? The fact that they actually want to live there and pride themselves on it makes it even more bizarre. But there are a group of people in the world today that believe nothing's coming, no one's coming. But as Christians, we believe this. Someone is coming. If no one is coming, nothing is changing. But if someone is coming, everything can change. And whether you feel it or not this morning, I believe it's time for you to start declaring again, Jesus is coming. Look at your circumstance. Look at your challenge. Say, Jesus is coming. Remember Jesus on the cross who endured the cross for the hope that was set before him. Whatever your cross to bear is today, whatever your thing is, I want you to say, Jesus is coming. With your sickness or maybe you're in the middle of a trial or suffering of some kind, I want you to speak to that and say, it's okay, Jesus is coming. I do not need to despair. I don't need to live in apprehension. I can have this holy anticipation that regardless of what I experience here, someone's coming. A righteous branch. I want you to speak it over your heart and over your mind. Declare it over your circumstances and your worries. Declare it over a world going mad. If you watch the news, the world is going mad. I promise, I just, sometimes I read the news, I look at the news, and I just think, what is going on? The world's going mad. But listen, I'm declaring over this world going mad. Someone's coming. A righteous branch. He's just. Now we know those days happened. That's what Christmas is about. Someone born of David arrived, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. But what you'll see over this Advent journey is we're not just focusing on he who came, but he who is still to come. We can say, just as the people who lived in Jeremiah's time, we can say today, Jesus is coming into this mad world. And he'll straighten the crooked. That's what it means by just. Just is like straight. It means God plays by the rules. It means he's fair. He's straight. We, on the other hand, we are crooked. Okay? And when crooked bumps into the straight of God, one of two things happens. We're either judged or we become straight with him. And by the grace of God, he gives every one of us the opportunity to enter into his straightness, to be justified, to be made right with him, so that all of us can anticipate beyond this life, something good is coming. Something amazing is coming. Something awesome is coming to every one of us. Something beyond our imagination. Something so good is coming to each and every one of us that if you got a taste of it today, you'd want to go there right now. You'd want to drop everything. You'd want to be there. It's that good. I want you to grasp this about heaven. You are going to love heaven so much, you will never think about this world the same way. You'll wonder why you ever worried about it. You'll wonder why you were ever afraid of dying. You will get there, and you'll be thinking, man, I wish I got here quicker. That's how good what is coming to you through Jesus Christ. Jesus called it paradise, and he's been here. He knows what here is like and still called that paradise. So if you think here is good, what's coming is so much better. Mm, 
I'm starting to read my book to you, so I'm going to stop. But <clears throat> paradise, paradise is coming. Take a moment to imagine. What's your best, ex what's your best experience of paradise? Maybe you've been to the Caribbean. Maybe you've been to the Maldives, the Greek islands. And you, you've sat in paradise and sipped a strawberry smoothie and, and thought, I could just, maybe I'm being a bit too personal. That's my paradise. <laughs> strawberry smoothie on a beach, turquoise waters lapping up around your feet. You know, Jackson's somewhere at the other end of the beach <laughs> for five minutes. <laughs> Just <laughs> and yet Jesus left that saying, oh no, what's coming is paradise. Makes this paradise look, I mean, this is still good, but what's coming, it's really only a shadow of what is to come. So there's not a single Christian if you believe that and if you absorb that and if you get who is coming and what is coming to you, that you cannot live in a state of holy anticipation and the walls can fall down on this building or around your life and you can still, for the hope set before you, endure it. It's the secret to mental health. It's the secret to spiritual health. It's the way you view your future. And I want to tell you today, the days are coming. Great days are coming. Your best days are coming. Here and there, your best days are coming.